gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Hello and welcome to this Sunday edition of the Town Alone Podcast, the podcast brought to you by The Wheel, although I would say often not brought to you by The Wheel. I am your host, Adam, townalone.com, and as always with me, I have my co-host, my co-captain, my coconut, Mike Regan. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, If I can steal a moment of the audience's time, I was on my laptop prior to starting looking at something for a potential wheel segment that could come up and do you know what the name of the owner of the detroit lions is is it not ford it is it is so sheila ford hamp okay hamp obviously being like her last name from getting married ford being her maiden name okay so obviously a descendant of the fords all that good stuff however what is also amazing is that her middle name is her mother's maiden name. And her mother was Martha Firestone Ford. Firestone being her maiden name. So her full name is Sheila Firestone Ford Hamp. Is that not an amazing name? It's a pretty good name. Um, is, is she the heir to the Firestone Tire Company as well? Yes. Fucking Christ. All right. Go Sheila. So this is a little bit like if... Bezos and Jobs had a kid, and his name was Kevin Amazon Apple. <laughs> it's beautiful. And that is my fun fact to start the podcast. All right, Mike, you want to get started talking about actual sports, or you want to just talk about Bradley Cooper for a while? I can get lost in his eyes, but no, I guess we should move on to sports. All right, Mike, so let's open up today talking a little bit of basketball. So, Mike, this week, Jalen Brown signs the richest contract in NBA history, five years, $303 million. Average annual value of $60.746 million a year. And it is fully guaranteed, and there are no outs, and this was his bird's rights extension. First off, Mike, where just give me a rough Bill Simmons-y ranking of where you think Jalen Brown is in the NBA. Off the top of my third, off the top of my head, I'd have to say he's, he's what top thirty. That seems fair. Yeah, I would yeah. say easily top thirty, right? Because <clears throat> there's got to be teams where Jalen Brown would be the best player on the team, right? Absolutely. Is there any teams where you think he'd be the third best player, or do you think it's basically best or second best on every team? Mm-hmm. I guess like the Lakers, maybe. I was gonna best. say if Davis is having one of his is in the zone, then def- I'd say he'd probably be third best. Uh, would you say he's better? Would you rather have Jalen Brown or Jamal Murray? Ooh, that's a tough one. Especially because like Jamal Murray went back to being like bubble Jamal Murray this season. Oh, I think I might want Jamal Murray. Okay, yeah, just just trying to just trying to gauge the general range. Um, oh, another I would, one. Go oh, ahead. Sorry, I, I was gonna say Phoenix. Yeah, he's probably the third best player on Phoenix. I don't know. Him and Devin Booker might be closer than I'm giving him credit for. No, nah, I think Devin Booker's a better player. I think Devin Booker's a top 10 NBA player. Um, But yeah, so, so you know, top 25 
range, maybe top 23 if we want to go really Bill Simmonsy with our number. Mm-hmm. And once again, top 23, not the best player on his own team, $303 million over five years. In five years, he'll have earned a quarter billion dollars and then more money than you and I will make in our lifetime on top of a quarter billion dollars. It's I mean, crazy be, money. Don't be so negative. I mean, if, you know, we get real hot here. We saw Bill Simmons tell his his empire to Spotify for what? Like, big buckaroos. No, so he's making, like, significantly... Well, I guess you'd have to see how the cap hit and everything. Like, the salary is broken down. But based on average annual value, is he, he's, like, really making more than Jason Tatum. Yeah, $60 million a year. Yeah, compared to, like, a quick Google search has Tatum, who signed a five-year 136. Uh, yeah, so if we just quickly here look at the Jalen Brown contract. But to be fair, Tatum signed that contract in 21. Yeah, so Jalen's uh, cheapest year is going to be 24, 25 seasons, not next season. Next season's the last year on his current contract, but the season after that. And he'll be earning uh, $52.368 million. So that's kind of what we're looking at there. Also, they're projecting what the cap's going to look like, and they're projecting by the end of his contract. So when Jalen's 31 years old, that he'll still be making 33.25% of the cap. They spent a third of their cap on Jalen Brown. And that's best case scenario. They spent yeah. a third of their cap on Jalen Brown. In year two of this contract, it's 36.21% of the cap. So then when you add in Jason Tatum, that's a big portion of the cap taken up by those two players. Yeah. I mean, you know, the NBA is weird because the NBA yeah. has uh, the luxury tax and it's a soft cap. So it doesn't quite feel as cap constrained, but they're going to start getting into trouble if they hit the second apron. I mean, you know, the widely feared second apron uh, that's being enacted with the new CBA. But that is a shitload of money to Jalen Brown. And I don't really have thoughts beyond that. Mike, did you have any other thoughts about it? Uh, just that while the number's big, like you said, I mean, the cap can increase and you can't really blame Boston for wanting to lock down the second half of their big duo. So, I could blame him a little bit for a contract that big, but I definitely can't blame Jalen Brown for going out and getting fucking paid. So good on you, Jalen. Mm -hmm. uh, enjoy that money. Generational wealth. Your kids' kids will never have to work if they don't want to. So next up, uh, I'm going to kind of let you take the, the reins on this one. Uh, I got a couple of prompts for you, but you're a hockey guy, you know? You, you're missing some teeth. Mm -hmm. You're five foot four. Just a good old-fashioned hockey guy. So I, I wanted to get your opinion on Patrice Bergeron, all-time great Hall of Famer, retiring. Future Hall of um, Famer, I should say. Yeah. Pretty big news, um, but expected news. <laughs> oh, sorry, I went total Obi-Wan meme on that one. Uh, or was it Obi-Wan, a surprise? but uh, It's a surprise, but a pleasant one. All right, cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Patrice Bergeron, uh, 19 years, one of the people who spent his entire career with the team that drafted him, uh, was the captain for the last three years. 
and has called it a career. It was a very good career, as you mentioned. Definitely will be a Hall of Fame player. The uh, silver lining for the Bruins is now that they no longer have to factor in potentially signing him to a one-year deal, they can start looking at how to use their remaining like $5.6 million in cap space to try to add a piece to that team. So instead of talking about Bruins cap building, let's, uh, let's just do a couple of quick things here on Patrice Bergeron. Just to uh, measure some of his excellence, six Selkies, including the last two, neither of which was heralded as a career achievement Selkie. Both of them were considered well-deserved Selkies, so he definitely retires while still being an impactful player. That's the record, by the way. Six Selkies is the record. Twelve total nominations for the Selkie, also the record. Uh, what is it, two Stanley Cup rings or just one? Two. Yeah. And just in general, considered to be one of the premier talents in the league for damn near his entire career. So, in a, a similar vein to when Kobe passed away, and people talked about possibly making uh, Kobe into the logo for the NBA, I was thinking, do you think that this warrants renaming the Selkie to the Bergeron? Yeah, i do that. I think it would be fun for the NHL to kind of update their award names. Even if they did like a hyphenated, like the Bergeron Selkie trophy. No, that sounds stupid. So yeah, I think it'd be fun to update the award names, make the heart, the Gretzky. And definitely, I mean, like you said, holds the record for Selkie. I mean, any team, when they tried to find like that dominant two-way center, they obviously were hoping they could stumble across their Patrice Bergeron, which is a very high ask to try to go out there and find. Yeah, you couldn't have asked for a player that more hockey GMs were going to love than Patrice Bergeron. Oh, they, they probably didn't like it when he scored goals. They only really liked it when he prevented them. Um, any other thoughts on Patrice Bergeron there, Mike? Uh, no, as much as I, I so I think I would say is that as much as I dislike the Bruins, um, he was he was low on the list of my hated Bruins. I like Patrice Bergeron, and he had a hell of a career. Not not quite your full boogeyman the way that Tom Brady was in football. That's for sure. Now that we've eulogized the death of Patrice Bergeron and uh, chastised Jalen Brown for earning $303 million. Eulogize the death of uh, Boston's cap space. Yeah. You want to tell me about some NFL bets you made? Yeah. So I uh, won a little money when I bet on the open. Um, Did you bet John week. Ram to win it? Last week, John Ram didn't come close, so no. I don't watch golf, so uh, let me guess a couple more names here. Brooks Kepka? No, he also wasn't even close. I, uh, I put Rory money, McElroy. I put money on uh, Brian Harmon to be the leader after round two, and that was successful. So, um, yeah, so I went ahead and spent a little money making some fun NFL future bets for the season. Uh, got six here that we can run through real quick. And only two of them, be proud of me, only two of them are ridiculous parlays. Okay. Give me give me the four that aren't parlays. Okay. Let's save the parlays for last. Yeah. So. And real quick, are, are we doing a letter grading system here out of 10, out of 100? What are you thinking? Um. Oh, oh you want to do like, yeah, you want to do like uh, Japanese video game? Like the best score is like S. S. Yeah. 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 Um. All right, so I got 
four like single person trophies. So, and you got to factor in the odds, obviously, when you grade these. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, real let me, quick. Let me pull up a calculator while you're talking. Yeah, real quick, I will say that if you're looking to make some bets, you go to the uh, – on FanDuel, if you go to the NFL bets, they have a category called record breakers. And one of the records that could be broken this season is the first time a quarterback has thrown 35-plus touchdowns for four straight years. There's two players who can break that record. They're the top two quarterbacks in the league, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Allen's the odds for Allen to do it are plus one thirty five, and for Mahomes is minus one fifty five. People go bet that. That's free money. Like that's gonna happen. Like they play seventeen games in the NFL right now. If they throw two touchdowns a game, they're already at thirty four. So go bet that. Yeah, that's a good bet. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get started here. First one I got most rookie receiving yards. Obviously, in Jigba and Addison are the top two favorites, getting a lot of love. I decided to go way farther down the list with Jalen Hyatt. Who Man, I really we like. love us some Hyatt. We love us some Hyatt. We saw um, Isaiah Hodgins came on strong down the stretch uh, after getting picked up by Brian Dabble. Buffalo pulled him up from their practice squad for a couple games, and they tried to send him back down. Dabble was like, hey, I remember that guy. I like him. I'll take him. And uh, he had, like, four touchdowns the last five games, had a big first-round playoff performance. Um, so I think defenses having to factor in him uh, could help give Jalen Wyatt a little more space than people think he would have. I bet $10. The odds are plus 2500 so a payout of 260 Uh So I just want to point out, plus 2500 implied odds mean – that it is implied it will win 3.85% of the time. Do you feel that if you run the season 100 times, Jalen Hyatt leads the league or leads rookies in receiving yards 4% of the time, four times out of 100? Yeah. Okay. Uh, So I have a couple of problems with this. First off, Daniel Jones. Yeah, that was my biggest concern. <laughs> yeah. Uh, second, they brought in Darren Waller. I like Darren Waller a lot. Mm-hmm. And Wandell Robinson, who's another guy that I like a lot. So there's competition there. We don't know who's going to be hammered out first. And it is an insane long shot bet. But in this receiving class, you could kind of bet any of these guys and you have a decent chance. There's no guys that stand out above the rest. I mean, there's like... Smith and Jigba, but he has a lot of competition. So I'll give this one a B plus. Pretty good. All right, so we're starting off with some good grades. Uh, next up, most receiving touchdowns in the season. Uh, I believe Jamar Chase is the current favorite. Uh, also went a little further down the list. Why wouldn't that Stephon be Travis Diggs. Kelsey? Uh, Travis Kelsey, I think, was like second favorite. Okay. Um, last night when I looked at the odds. I went Stephon Diggs. Obviously, a little bit of, obviously, I was going to say a little bit of, obviously, very, a bit of a homer pick. However, last season with an injured Allen, with Dorsey's full, uh, or pardon me, first season as OC, felt a little discombobulated at times. However, Diggs still managed to come in third in touchdowns last season, fourth in receptions, fifth in yards. I think we see a good bounce back from the Bills offense. Once again, bet 10, plus 1,400. Payout of 150. All right. So going back to the implied odds there, 
That is an implied odds of 6.67%. So, you know, like seven times out of 100, roughly. I mean, if you want to yeah. go three out of 50, but that's still a little under it. Uh, I think that Diggs and Allen are going to have a bounce back year. I don't know if I see them leading the league. I mean, it's still, I mean, that's pretty good odds. I think I I think I'll have to give this one a B flat because there's a lot of competition for receiving touchdowns. And you got to hope that Allen's dishing the ball around a little more than that team has in the past. Yeah, Kincaid being brought in, expected to uh factor in a lot with pa- as a pass catching tight end, so that's definitely there is some competition there for him. Yeah, and you can never count out the fact that it's going to be hard for Josh Allen to lead the league at ta- passing touchdowns because they love to use him as their red zone running back, too. That's also a very good point. All right, but I, but I will take the B. All right, moving on next, and this one will take a little bit of uh, an explanation to defend my pick. We have most tackles and assists combined. Okay. Uh, the uh, So last season, it was won by Foisaye. Alokan of Jacksonville. On, oh yeah, on the, on the Jags. I'm gonna guess it's probably just Alokan. Um, their linebacker. He had 184 current favorite plus 850. Second was Nick Bolton of Kansas City. Middle linebacker had 180. He's the number two at plus 900. Me, I decided to go way down the list with the name probably much lesser known to some NFL fans. Drew Tranquil. Oh yeah. All right, so hear me out here. He finally, in his fourth season, got a spot as like a starter. Started sixteen of seventeen games. In those, um, in that time, he racked up one hundred and forty-six. So he was, which was twelfth in the league, only like forty-eight off. Now, here's why I really like him this season: is he's no longer in the Chargers. Kansas City low key kind of made a really good signing. They got him for one year, three million. Yeah, I thought he was still in the Chargers. Yeah, and so he's gonna he's penciled in right now in their depth chart as kind of like their starting slot backer, which is becoming a growing has become like a growing important position. Um, he is going to be with Nick Bolton, who had a great se- season last year. Um, so defense is maybe keying on how to avoid him a little bit more. And what also helps him is how many times he's going to be able to stay on the field at Notre Dame. He played his first three seasons as safety before switching to linebacker for his junior, his fourth and fifth year. So that's why he fits so well as a slot backer in the NFL. I think he's going to see the field a lot. And he's also the kind of guy who's just good ball sense and always seems to be like, end up where the ball goes for the, for the tackle. He is once again, all these bets, I bet 10, he is plus 2000. So a payout of 210. Uh, I do want to point out that to poke a hole in your argument here, the Chiefs currently have five, six safeties rostered. Okay, that just poke a bit of a hole, yes. So this is uh, implied odds of 4.76%. Uh, this is not a very good bet because there is no way that you can say that Drew Tranquil can improve or hurt his chances of tackles. What if they have him play weak side linebacker and teams figure out that a 
the defensive tackle in the C gap on the strong side for Kansas City is really bad. So they just run it strong side over and over again. Then Drew Tranquil's not getting any tackles. What if Kansas City's secondary is just dog shit? And so the teams playing against Kansas City are running like the highest rate of play action and throwing deep over the middle. And then the safeties are getting all the tackles. So right. I'm going to call this one a D minus. Not quite failing. As they say, D minuses get degrees. And not quite failing because it's so random with tackles, you know? Like, you never think of the best linebacker in the league getting the most tackles. It's just scheme and how defense is called and luck of the draw and all of these other things. So D minus because it could happen because tackles are random. All right. All right. I'll, I'll take it real quick. You a fan of Drew, Drew uh, Tranquil? I like his look. Yeah. I don't really, I'm not, I'll be honest. Not a, not a big linebackers guy. Can't don't have a lot of takes on linebackers unless they play for the 49ers. Gotcha. All right. So moving on to my last player prop. Most sacks. Fun one. Last season's winner, big nose Nick Bosa. Uh, not as big as Joey, though. Uh, 19 and a half sacks. He is... Didn't write down his odds, but oh, he's actually not the favorite. Uh, the favorite's Miles Garrett at plus 600, and then you have a three-way tie with Parsons, uh, TJ Watt, and Nick Bosa at plus 750. I didn't want to talk over you, but I think I could have guessed that top four. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, once again... For funsies went further down the list and went brian burns of carolina he came in uh ninth last season at 12 and a half sacks still very young yeah i like it you want to give me the odds on that yes plus three thousand so payout of 310 jesus that's some long ass odds 3.23 percent implied odds uh, yeah, I mean, I think Brian Burns is good. I think that there is an opportunity for covered sacks because there's some guys in the secondary on Carolina that I like a lot. And because Bryce Young's going to suck, they'll be on defense a lot. So I can see how you can make arguments for all of that. You just kind of have to hope that people aren't running up the score so far on Kansas City that they stop passing, not, not on Kansas City, on, uh, on Carolina, they stop passing the ball. Uh, I'll give this one a C because I can see it happening. Average, average bet. I like it. Uh, real quick before we go on, I'm going to throw out a few more names that I thought might be interesting with l really long odds. I just want to see if you would uh, kind of, you know, what do you think? Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, second year. He led the team last year with nine and a half sacks, so it would probably require a pretty significant jump, but would you take that at plus 2,500? No, I would yeah. rather take I would rather take uh, Burns at plus three thousand. Aiden Hutchinson notoriously could not get home last yeah. season. Um, okay, Joey Bosa coming back for injury. Just watched his brother take the sack title, so maybe he's a little you know a little fired up to compete with them. Plus thirty five hundred. Why is that so long? That's what I'm saying. Why is Joey Bosa plus thirty five hundred? That's under a three percent implied odds. Yeah, I would take that. I mean, like, Joey Bosa's a good player. And I know that the entire complaint with the Chargers defense is that it's top-heavy. And so you have to think that, like, when they rotate people in, you know, you're not going to be able to get pressure or teams will be able to 
do a lot more stuff. They'll confuse. And you have Brandon Staley doing weird Brandon Staley defense stuff. But, yeah, I, I mean, like, I guess he get he probably gets stunted out into coverage somewhat routinely with, like, fake blitzes. Mm-hmm. Or I guess they're not fake blitzes. They're, like, pretend blitzes. But I cannot fathom why that's so, such long odds. Yeah, I was thinking the is same K- thing. Is Khalil Mack still on the Chargers? He is. Okay. That could factor in. Um, and then the last one I wrote down here, Quinnen Williams, man who just got paid. He uh, was 11th in the league last season with 12. Might take a bit of a jump, but keep in mind in his previous season he had six, so he did increase his sacks by 50% or no, by 100%. Um, in the previous season, he is plus 7,500. Uh, I would not take that for no? two reasons. One, this man sacks jumped in a contract year. That's hella suspicious. That's some deer on pain bullshit. That's a very good Second, point. never bet a defensive tackle. Only yeah. bet defensive ends. That was my bigger worry. It was when I saw he was not an edge rusher. He was a defensive tackle. All right, so let's move on to my three crazy long odd, uh, or my two crazy long odd parlays I cooked up. Ready? Ready. First one has a couple of my hot take division winners, um, just to kind of aggravate you. So it's a three-leg division winner parlay. Carolina Panthers, who are plus 360. Chicago Bears, who are plus 400. And then I slid in the Baltimore Ravens, who are plus 220. Combined odds on the parlay are 7,260. So it's a payout of $736. That is a 1.36% chance of winning, according mm-hmm. to the implied odds on that. Uh, that seems about right to me. 1.36%. I would not take that bet. A, bet in future parlays. What are we even doing here? B, the Panthers and the Bears? Come on, man. I mean... This is an F, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely an F. You're you're making bets that are at a 1% chance of hitting, and it it includes being reliant on Bryce fucking Young to be the savior of a franchise. Like, can we give some credit to the Saints? Like, I get it. It's Derek Carr. It's fucking boring, but... That team's so much better than Carolina. Okay, well, my next one, if you're not, since you're not a fan of super low odds uh, or percentages to hit, this one's pretty wild. I, play, I like to place this one every year just for funsies. All of the division winners. That's an eight-leg parlay. Oh, my God. So we got Bills plus 130, Ravens plus 220, Jags minus 155, the Chiefs at 180, Eagles minus 115, the Vikings at plus 260. The 49ers. What? Is Detroit the favorite in that division? Detroit is the favorite at the division. Okay. At plus 155. But I think that division's like very open. I could, I see pass for all four teams, honestly. Um, 49ers at minus 160. And then once again, my lo- beloved Bryce Young and the Panthers at plus, or sorry, the 49ers were minus 160. I don't know if I said that right. You did. And the Pan- Panthers once again at plus 360. Total odds of the parlay. 94,660 with a payout of $9,476. Mike, do you even want to guess what the implied odds are on that? It's got to be like 0.0 something percent, right? 0.01%. And I don't oh think that it God. is 0.01. I think it's lower than 0.01, but that's as low as this odds calculator can do. Damn. Uh, that's an F. That's um, an F, I figured. <laughs> 
you could have picked all the division favorites. Even if you're right, this this bet still gets an F. Oh yeah, I mean these two, I knew you were gonna like totally hate. It's just they're just fun. I mean, it's it's a terrible bet, and that's before you consider the fact that you took the Panthers to win the NFC South. Oh boy, I'm gonna have so much crow to eat if Bryce Young turns out to be the second coming of Patrick Mahomes. If uh, if I would you give me a D minus? No. If well, hear me out. If I changed the Panthers to the Saints, and I changed my bet to a dollar to win like ninety four. No. Okay. I refuse to give any bet with a less than one percent chance a grade higher than F. That's did, okay. Fair. How much did you bet on this? Ten dollars. <laughs> okay. Hold on. You're gonna now. You've given me a super duper F. So your expected return on this, which is you take the principal bet and multiply it by the odds in decimal form. So your expected return on this bet is one one hundredth of a penny. Damn. So you'd have to, if you place this bet a hundred times, $10 each, your expected return would be one penny. Not good. Not good. Not good. <laughs> Got any other bets there, brother? Uh, no, but I'll let you know if I cook up any more. This was uh, kind of fun. Okay. <laughs> Very big step on me, energy. <laughs> All right, Mike, now that we've uh, spent just about 30 minutes on the opening segments here, you want to you wanna talk a little bit of NFL football? Oh, always. Yeah. All right. Well, mm, I'm kind of going back and forth on how I want to start this. Uh... You know what? Let's go through the running back stuff first, because I thought that was going to be really negative, so I was going to put that at the end, but I got some positives here. Um, I think this could be a lot more fun. Okay. So I do want to start out. I felt that we went unfairly down on running backs last week. Mostly my fault, but by the end, I felt like I had talked you into the negative opinion, and I feel bad about that. So I wrote out an apology to running backs. You mind if I read this? Uh, yes, as long as you wrote it with a uh, quill and ink. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to give plenty of space here so that if this is bad, I can just cut it out. Running backs. I am truly, from the bottom of my heart, sorry. I don't hate you or think you're replacement level. I love running backs. I love drafting you in fantasy. I love arguing about your fastest number. I love running duo with you in Madden. I'm sorry that Jim Ursay says you need to calm down. I hate the franchise tag, too. It's just that the next guy is always more exciting. I want to see Bijan Robinson, not Nick Chubb. So running backs, I think we need a break. I know this is hard, but it's not you. It's me. Okay, so very good apology. I will say it sounded a little tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> and uh, it had energy of... Um, Max Slutter to Chase Utley. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> as I was reading it out loud, that is what it sounded like to me. Um, yeah, but I like it. I mean, I think it's fair. I tried to, I tried to come in, you know, like a little more like towards the middle. You know, I, I use the word like unfortunate a lot, so I had sympathy for these guys. Um, but you definitely swayed me by the end. Yeah, I, I definitely feel bad about how we talked down running backs and then the team that refuses to pay any running backs uh, enough to keep them on the team 
uh, paid Cole Komet a shitload of money. Came out of tight end U, University of Notre Dame. Yeah, and he's I would you even say Cole Komet is top ten tight end? Um, he's like he's in that middle pack, right? It's like yeah. he's not Kelsey, he's not Kittle, he's not Goddard. He's just one of the other guys. Yeah, I took him in fantasy last year because I thought he was gonna have like a, his big breakout year, and that did not happen. But we're not here to talk about tight ends today, Mike. As much okay. as that is a personal passion of mine, what we are here to talk about today is Jonathan Taylor. Now, I don't know how much you've been keeping up on this, but it is great that Jim Irsay has turned into a fucking crazy person. Can I read you a quote? Yes, please. Here is Jim Irsay on talking about running backs and specifically Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. Jim Irsay says, quote, If I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor is out of the league, no one will miss us. Should someone check on Jim Irsay? Does he need to talk to somebody? <laughs> I I have read that quote in so many places, trying to figure out if there was some missed context. There is no missed context. The question wasn't like, when you're out of the league or when Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, what do you think will be the impact on the running back market? It wasn't like, what do you think is your legacy with running backs? Nothing. I have no idea why the fuck Jim Irsay said that. I thought if there was like, oh, thanks for talking to us, Jim. Uh, how, so uh, how are you feeling today? <laughs> he just went super dark. Yeah, if I die tonight. <laughs> tonight. I, I wrote that down verbatim. Tonight. If I die tonight. Someone needs to check in on Jim Irsay. Yeah. Uh, the, o- the other part of this that's prompted Jim Irsay's batshit insane interviews is, one, he said that running backs need to stop talking about contracts in the public, which, sure, bud. And two, Jonathan Taylor asked for a trade since the Colts are not keen on giving him a long-term contract, and the Colts refused. So, let's, uh, let's play a quick game here about the Jonathan Taylor contract for this year. It's fairly simple. I'm going to tell you what Jonathan Taylor's cap hit is, and then tell you players on other teams... And all I want you to tell me is if you think that player makes more or less than Jonathan Taylor, who, by the way, Jonathan Taylor, 24 years old, last season was injured, the year before that led the league in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. Ooh, so, I like I like the segment. Higher or lower? Very price is right. Very price is right. Well, except kind of. Um, so Jonathan Taylor this year is on either the final year or the second to last year of his rookie deal, is making five point one one seven million dollars once again five point one one seven arguably one of the three best running backs in the league Jalen Brown three hundred and three million so Jonathan Taylor five point one one seven Mike is Bryce Young making more or less than Jonathan Taylor this year just saw this number the other day I think it was around six something so I'm gonna say more you are correct Bryce Young with Zero professional game experience is making $6.9 million, which is an entire million and some change more than Jonathan Taylor. Mike, your beloved Dawson Knox, more or less than Jonathan Taylor? Uh, Unfortunately, more. 
Yes, sir. He is making $6 million this year, which means he is making a full veteran salary in NHL more than Bryce Young. Or more than – see, now I'm reading. More than Jonathan Taylor. Mike, Jacoby Brissett, backup quarterback for the Washington Commanders. Is he making more or less than Jonathan Taylor? Say less. Incorrect. He is making more. $8.5 million. He is making $3 million this year more than Jonathan Taylor to hopefully not play any games. And to close out the game, the Indianapolis Colts own big boy, Mo Alley Cox. Is he making more or less than Jonathan Taylor? Okay. I'm just going to say you're going to keep um, going in the, you know, really hammering home your point. I'll say more. Yes, sir. He is making $5.3 million this year. Mo Alley Cox is making oh, more God. than Jonathan Taylor. Well, so, I, go ahead. I was like, I take a moment just to give my thoughts on how, like, I know after the Jamarcus Ruckel, Jamarcus Ruckel, Jamarcus Russell debacle, owners were like, this is ridiculous. We need, like, limits on what we can pay rookies because we're dumb and overpaid Jamarcus Russell. But I hate rookie year contracts. These players get locked into five-year deals that are, undervalued for what they bring to the team and i just i'm not a fan of it yeah i i mean you want my full like communist manifesto take here real quick get rid of the draft and make it an open market to pay players although i guess that's not a communist manifesto that's just what most people would call free market economics so get rid of the fucking draft when players come in let teams pay them if you want to scale it still so that teams that are bad have a better chance of getting players that are good then have a sliding salary cap depending on where you finish. But let's get rid of the fucking draft. Let's stop locking these players into basement contracts for the first five years of their career. They are professional athletes that on an open market would get paid out the nose. Yeah, it's one thing I'd like about like the NHL. It's, it's a three-year entry-level contract. Yeah, yeah, that can get used up while they're still playing in college or in the minors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are all my running back thoughts, Mike. I just want to make sure I got my apology that maybe or maybe did not make it into the show. And then the fact that Jim Irsay needs to talk to a therapist. Uh, you got any running back thoughts while we're here? Well, after uh, Saquon Barkley, you know, and all his drama ended with him basically just signing a one-year deal to get like an extra $900,000 in incentives. I do like how I felt like that really set off some other running backs like Najee Harris and other running backs who also decided to speak out on the running back market. Yeah. Uh, Austin Eckler, another one who's deeply concerned with where things are going as he has a unique skill set with his pass catching that will hopefully insulate him from as much pain as some of these other guys are feeling, but probably will not. Um, Obviously Josh Jacobs done real dirty, led the league in carries two years after Derrick Henry led the league and got paid a $50 million contract. Over and they're going to franchise hundred yards. Sorry. Yeah. They're going to franchise tag him and not give him a long-term deal. So running backs are getting d- done real dirty. And I like to think that we're all a little responsible. So to anyone out there listening uh, next time that an NFL owner asks you if they should pay a running back, you tell them yes. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike, you want to move on to talking about people that do get paid here? Talk about some quarterbacks. Yes, sir. So our top two news items, just to go through here real quick. Uh, Joe Burrow, 
with a strained calf. Mike, how much does this concern you if you are a Bengals fan? Calf injury. It wouldn't concern me too much. I don't think you'll. I don't think he's going to miss a crazy amount of time early in the season. So I still think he should be okay. Um, I do think the. Oh yeah, no, the Ravens' odds didn't shift at all. So even betters aren't very worried about it. Ravens. Oh yeah, like they didn't just get like the. They didn't become the favorite. Yeah, or like yeah. move closer to the Ravens or to the yeah. Bengals. Um. Yeah. Uh, how concerned are you about this if you're a fan of the Bills or Chiefs? Um, not concerned, you know, you never, you never wish for like, you never legitimately wish for an injury on another team's player, unless you're just a sick fuck. But if, you know, if he misses a couple games to start the year, you're thinking, oh, this is a chance for us to jump out to like, you know, a two game lead on them for the number one seed. Or number two seed by Kansas city. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think that this injury probably isn't much. Uh, we're probably not going to see much Joe Burrow in preseason, uh, but maybe they'll have a soft schedule towards the opening. He can come back a little more slowly, and it won't be a big deal. Um, we, there's just not a lot to talk about this time yeah. of year. And <laughs> but we're like getting if, to the point where there is. If you're a Bengals fan, definitely a sigh of relief considering he was carted off the field and it's just a calf sprain. Yeah, that was my thought too. Um, I will say Carl Anthony Towns missed 50 games this season with a calf strain. So that should be something uh, to be a little concerned about. Yeah. Because uh, if Joe Burrow misses 50 games, his career's over. Um, the other thing is, I love the clickbait garbage headlines that have come out of this, where people who are trying to get clicks, unlike us at Town Alone, where we don't care if we never make a cent off it, we're not going to make our headlines clickbait. This is a passion. Um, but people were saying, Burrow's injury, how will this affect his contract status? It will not. Joe Burrow is going to become the richest quarterback in NFL history in a matter of weeks. I, I can't wait for the headlines. Joe Burrow strains a calf. Is this man made of glass? Injury prone? Oh, I'm already I'm already on the injury prone train. I so you and I have a mutual disdain for Joe Burrow because he eliminated your team in the divisional round this year, and because the Commanders were one pick away from getting him when we got Chase Young. So I uh, I'm already on the forefront. Uh, the flag waving. I am the SAG after a picket line of being asked or of asking the question if Joe Burrow is injury prone. So is Joe Burrow injury prone? Do we have to worry about this for the rest of his career? You know, he's not going to get any younger. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think so. In his defense, when he tore his ACL um, against I the think, commanders. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's like required if you're going to be a pro athlete some point you're going to tear something in your knee <laughs> yeah tom brady did it but joe burrow's never gone undefeated in the regular season so maybe he's washed um speaking of joe burrow's contract where by september he'll be the richest quarterback in nfl history let's talk about the current richest quarterback in nfl history with the justin herbert payday justin herbert Got a five-year contract worth $262.5 million, which is notably less than Jalen Brown. Mike, what are your thoughts on Justin Herbert's contract? Um, people went nuts about it, but then I saw a lot of people chiming in and being like, hey, when you look at the deal, actually how it's structured um, and the like performance bonuses, I believe, the, the yearly value isn't as much as you would think just by defi- dividing you know, total by uh, amount of seasons. Um, you got to lock him down. He's a top 
five quarterback in this league, hands down, you got to lock him down. Yeah, his cap hit doesn't surpass $30 million for the first two years. And then it's not until the fourth year that it's over $50 million. The And then they have a potential out in 2028 where the dead cap's significantly lower. But let's be real. They're like – in in 2028, uh, Justin Herbert's year 30 season, which th- those numbers sound fake. It'll never be that year. Uh, I refuse to believe that. Side note, when I've got my debit card that I currently have, I got it forever ago, like two, 2018, 2019, and the expiration date was 2024. And I remember getting it being like, 2024? That's never going to happen. Uh, but time comes for us all, apparently. We're just walking bags of dust into dust we will return. Um, but the Justin Herbert contract that year will be $71 million cap hit. That's never going to happen. That'll get restructured. That'll get turned into a six year deal with a bunch of void years at the end. And he's a great quarterback. So it doesn't really matter. You can't possibly overpay a great quarterback. Yeah. And good job on the chargers to, you know, make headlines that he has like the highest, you know, total contract for a QB in the league, but structuring it to where it really is works out well for you. Also got to give credit to like the Eagles and the Ravens for giving those quarterbacks the richest contract in the league early as possible. So that a, to that player, they look like they're willing to pay any price to keep them on the team and B then they don't have to be the guy that pays the quarterback the most money. Cause they know it's going to get surpassed in a couple months. Yeah, I was going to say, every time like a star quarterback signs a new contract, it's like, wow, highest big quarterback in the league. It just keeps going up every time. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the whole shtick with it, right? It's like if Aaron Rodgers gets paid an average annual value of $51 million, then the next guy that comes along, say Patrick Mahomes, is going to get paid $51.5 million. They're just one-upping it so they can be the guy that gets paid the most. And that, I think, probably artificially keeps that price lower than it would be. I'd be curious to see what QB value would be if G- if contracts were sealed. If GMs couldn't see what other players were getting paid. I would say I'd be, I have to look up if someone does this. But I mean, should, like, I know me and you are a fan of like uh, Dom over at The Athletic and his player cards. Um, and people who like factor in what a player's market value is for NHL players. I wonder if that is something I could find that someone does for football players. Yeah, those cards are really well done and incredibly useful in our field of work. Um, I, I don't even think that we gave him a proper shout-out there, Mike. Mike, can you say his full name real quick so that people know where to find him? <laughs> you just uh, want to make me try to pronounce his last name. Yes, I do. Uh, Dom Luchizuiz? <laughs> All right, there you go. That's uh, <laughs> at The Athletic. That's who you go find. Uh, great follow on Twitter, I assume, or x.com. Um, I don't get on that dog shit website, so wouldn't know. Uh, yeah, Dom and Shayna both, when it comes to hockey, do amazing work for The Athletic. So the other thing I wanted to do here, talking about QBs, is I had us each make our rankings. Because, Mike, I know you said hockey's your favorite sport, but I refuse to believe that. Because we have been talking about football now for six years, five years, however long we've known each other for. Mm-hmm. And it is a lot of football talk. I could talk about football year-round. I love football. And we are gearing up for the season to start. We are in training camp season. All of the podcasters I listen to who do other sports have 
had to take time off from those podcasts so they can go travel all around the country and go to training camp to talk about rookies who aren't going to get play time and backup quarterbacks who are going to get cut. So as we are gearing up, I really wanted to set some standards about what we should be thinking about when it comes to this season. And number one in the NFL, the king of the sport is quarterback. So I had us each go through and rank our top 10 quarterbacks. And I figured we could uh, we could compare those lists, see where we agree or disagree, go through it from 10 to 1. Uh, I can guarantee you we have a disagreement in the top two. Yeah. Everybody loves a good ranking. You know? Everybody loves a good ranking. Who doesn't love rankings? So, Mike, you want to uh, you want to kick or receive starting this off? I'll go ahead and kick. I don't know how you felt about this, but the 10 spot was probably the hardest spot for me. There is about yes. four or five guys in that range, and there's no right answer because any of those guys you name don't feel like a top 10 quarterback. Like, this is not the guy I picked. But if someone said to you, is Geno Smith a top 10 quarterback? Your instant reaction would be to go, no. But if he's in that like four to five range from 10 to 14, 10 to 15, he could have been 10, arguably. So my pick here, once again, don't feel great about it, but the Call of Duty kid himself, Kyler freaking Murray. Yeah. This was also my hardest one. I have like a few names like written down that I considered before I went with one. Um, Kyler Murray is, is good. His play just last season and the second half of the previous season was so rough, but I did consider him at 10. I also liked Duke. I considered Geno Smith and Jared Goff. Um, you know, I compare like these players to like my like number 15 would probably be like Derek Carr. So I got to think like, how much better are you than Derek Carr? I think that's fair. Um, but I ended up settling with, I probably have him way lower on my list than you do, but I just was super down on him from last season and he's old, but he's won like two MVPs and you got to give him credit that he could totally bounce back. Number 10, Aaron Rodgers. I, I think that I don't have Aaron Rodgers as low as you would expect. Um, you got any other thoughts on those two? I, I think that we're, we're in similar agreement. Um, mm -hmm. I will say that the gap between 10 and 9 is probably the biggest gap in my head. So that is where I will disagree with you. My number 9 quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. Oh, okay. Wow. I thought you'd have him higher. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i kind of with you. I, I have been burned enough times by the QB cliff to trust it with recency bias, right? Like, a lot of times, I think that when we start ranking quarterbacks or running backs or coaches – we are too quick to name the people who have had recent success and not overall general success at the position. And that'll be shown a little bit further up in my rankings. But I have seen the QB cliff many times. I have seen it with Aaron Rodgers' predecessor. I have seen it with Peyton Manning. I would say the only person I hadn't seen it with was Tom Brady, who still played well all the way up until his retirement. So I'm going to go ahead and say here, Benefit of the doubt, he's won two of the last three MVPs, and he's going to a stacked roster where he'll have every chance to screw up. But I'm going to go ahead and trust the cliff here and uh, put Aaron Rodgers at nine. Mike, who is your number nine? Um, so, yeah, you may – I wonder if this guy will be on your top ten. I think he will. But, um, you know, despite all the doubt and the fact that people don't believe in him in big game scenarios, I had to go Kirk Cousins. 
He is not in my top ten. Okay, I, I didn't. I wasn't sure if he if he would be, but I mean, he does put up numbers. You know, I know you don't like completion percentage. Uh, it just breaks your brain. But he has very good completion percentage. I mean, when you look at the NFC, he obviously ranks up high there. And uh, yeah, I feel confident that he's a lower, a low top ten. You know, and also, has anybody else ever got a fully guaranteed contract? Deshaun <laughs> that Watson. Position? Oh yeah. I mean, just to fill a little time here, he is smart with the ball. Only seven interceptions last season. I'd say it's because he plays it a little safe and doesn't force things. Pulled up completion percentage over expected, which is an advanced analytic that measures what someone's completion percentage is plus or minus their expected based off of their throws. Uh, Kirk Cousins, very on brand, exactly 15th. Yeah, yeah. Right ahead of one Joshua Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't have Kirk Cousins. I watched enough Kirk Cousins on the Commanders to know exactly what he is. And exactly what he is is a product of the system. And the system in Minnesota has Justin Jefferson. Ready for my number eight? Hit me. Dak Prescott, number eight. I would have had him a lot higher because Dak Prescott used to scare the hell out of me when he could run. But since his injury, and now that he doesn't run as much as he used to, he is not as scary of a player. He's a good passer on what has been traditionally a pretty good team. He has a lot of good receiving options around him. But that guy was so much scarier when he can run. And now he's just probably Kirk Cousins with better completion percentage over expected. Yeah, we actually uh, agreed on this one. Number eight, I also had Dak Prescott. I thought about putting him up to seven until I looked into. I looked back at his previous season a little bit more. Because um, like you said, in my head, I was like, yeah, I mean, this, but he doesn't run anymore. Back when he ran, I mean, you really had to – it was really a gamble if you blitzed him. Um, so he also – he went only played 12 games, injury prone, and 23 touchdowns to 15 interceptions, not great. Yeah, he's come out in training camp and said that he he's vows to reduce his interceptions this year, uh, but that's a lot of talk. Um, yeah, I like Dak Prescott. I have a special place in my heart for him because of watching him on Thanksgiving toast Washington by running up the gut every time that the commander's players would drop back. That was either his rookie season or his second season. I just remember the light coming in on Jerry World, blinding the players because nice job. Um, but – he he is in the top 10 because of the sheer fall off after 10 not because he is the terrifying opponent that he was four years ago three years ago Mm -hmm. all right mike my number seven the best prospect this side of andrew luck trevor lawrence i find him to be unproven to a level um, obviously he has the raw skill set, but he has one terrible season that we could almost throw out and pretend last year was his rookie season and one pretty good season. I mean, won a playoff game, which is more success than you can say for the quarter billion dollar man, Justin Herbert, but still a little unproven. Um, I think that he has the potential to have the most movement on this list up. Me and you are just in sync right now. Number seven, I also had Trevor Lawrence. I mean, like you said, Still a little work there to meet expectations, but I also keep just all the tools he has. 
And I just keep thinking back to, like you said, the draft. I think he was, I don't know, was did Kuiper give him a perfect grade like he did Luck? I don't know. Why? I, <laughs> I can't remember. But, yeah, I just keep thinking. Some I, Dave Meltzer bullshit. Whenever I want to, like, you know, start to feel down on him, I do hear that voice in my head that would just not stop gushing about him when he was in college and going into the draft. So. Well, Mike, since we're such lockstep here, let's see if we can continue it on, but flip it the other way. Let me hear your number six. My number six um, possibly could have been higher in the past, but injuries and the, a recent, you know, some recent down seasons. I went Lamar Jackson. I mean, this dude changed. There's a lot of things he changed about what people think will work at quarterback. Um, if I remember correctly, there was reports that some teams asked him if he would change position. Uh when he yeah. got to the NFL, which is ridiculous. Um, and yeah, he's former MVP. Same thing. If you're going to give Rodgers credit, a little bit of credit and a boost for past success, I think you got to do it for Lamar. My number six, similar to T-Law, a little bit unproven, although maybe that's being uh, dismissive, too dismissive, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, every year he plays, has improved. He's another guy I can see continuing up this list if we see sustained success. I, I'm a little trepidatious because Hertz lost his offensive coordinator. And I think that that's going to be a big moment in his career here where we'll see what to make of him under a new offensive coordinator. Now, last season was his second season. His first season, not great. Second season, pretty good. MVP caliber candidate. Uh, you know, the, the mastermind behind the tush push. Just all around a, a phenomenal leader. Uh, a great player. I am hoping for the best from him, but didn't quite crack the top five. Want to see a couple more years of success out of him. Number five, Mike. So um, this this makes sense because uh, I'm a little higher on Jalen Hurts than you, uh, just slightly. So I put him at my number five. You make a really good point that the Eagles, very similar to like, what the Ravens did with Lamar and what Washington kind of did year one with RG three is they set up the offense to fit his skill set um, and what he can do, which definitely helps him with his production. Um, but you just got to give him so much props for a dude who lost his starting job in college to Tua and then went to Oklahoma uh, was a later draft pick compared to the other QBs in that draft and has just keep has just kept like breaking expectations for him. We really have the no hot takes list here because my number five is Lamar Jackson. So we really just flipped our five and six. Uh, I'm giving Lamar more of the benefit of the doubt because of the MVP and the past success. I also think Lamar is the coolest player in the fucking league. I mean, you know, I, I don't know much about the guy personally, except for that one time he had to poop on Thanksgiving. But the way that guy plays with the run ability, how fucking fast he is, how he jukes people out of their shoes. It is unreal. Where Jalen Hurts is a tank, Lamar Jackson is like a motorcycle. I mean, he just flies and moves in a way that no one else does in the league running the ball. Uh, I think that he is a great passer who just has never had the sporting cast, and I'm hoping that we start to see more of that, hence why I have so much Zay Flowers stock. So uh, I'm looking forward to this year of Lamar. I'm hoping that we see a healthy season out of him. Um, and I, uh, I couldn't be, couldn't be higher on the guy without putting him in my top three. So, uh, Lamar at number five for me, 
Mike, you want to give me four, and then I'll take back over for the top three? That's good. So my number four, as I talked about, the Eagles really fitting Hurts' uh, skill set and the way they designed their offense. I have a guy who <laughs> draft stock was went down, and he was probably underdrafted because his college in his college days they did not fit his skill set. And I'm going Justin Herbert as the fourth best quarterback in the league. Here's a dude who Here's is literally doing what we is. Pardon me, is looking like what we expected Trevor Lawrence to look like, um, and. I mean, we saw it immediately after the trainer in uh, L.A. tried to kill Tyrod Taylor, and Herbert came in for that first game against the Kansas City Chiefs, and he just did some things in that game where everybody was kind of like, oh, shit, uh, Chargers have something here. Big body, massive arm, um, can move. I just love me some Justin Herbert. Uh, my number four, getting edged out because he doesn't have the raw tools of the other three guys, Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Now, I do have to give credit where credit is due. Joe Burrow has had more team success than Justin Herbert or, you know, I'm not even trying to punch you on this one, but Josh Allen. So there's an argument to be made that he should be in the top three. But if we're talking just quarterback play, Joe Burrow doesn't have the raw physical talents that Herbert, Allen, and Mahomes do. So I have him sitting at four, uh, especially now that he strained his calf and will probably be retired. But, you know... Joe Cool, just one of the coolest motherfuckers to, to lace him up every week and uh, just a winner, if you can't say anything else about him. The guy just goes out there and wins fucking football games. Now, my number three, of course, reversing from you, is Justin Herbert. The man's a computer. Uh, he just might be the only guy in the league who actually reads reads from left to right and knows who he should throw it to by his fourth read. He can move when he needs to. Uh, the haircut's a little bit of a ding on him. Not very good. Uh, he has no home fans because no one in L.A. cares about football. But my God, the man can play some fucking football. Now, if we can just get Kellen Moore to start calling him passes downfield instead of just the Drew Brees offense, we might really have something with him. You're taking it back, number three. Uh, that was my number three there, Mike. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, once again, we just had it flipped. Number three, I went Joe Burrow. Like, he doesn't have all the raw tools, but um, that last season at LSU where they, you know, went undefeated and won the national title, um, there was comps to Tom Brady. And while he didn't, you know, come out and hasn't won a Super Bowl as early as Tom Brady did, um, I do see a lot of Tom Brady in the way way he plays um, and in – the way that he ha- he is definitely a-, a leader, which is one of those intangibles that sometimes draft scouts can like overly, you know, value or is like, he's got the things you can't measure the intangibles. Um, but I mean, yeah, I-, I think it's either or Herbert or Burrow. Um, he has had more success as far as making it deeper into the playoffs. So that will kind of be my reason for edging out Justin Herbert. I will say a point against Burrow, less calf integrity. We calves. We calves. Uh, all, right, all right. Our top two is obvious. Our top two is obvious from the top here. Mike, am I correct to assume your number one is Josh Allen? You'll have to wait and find out. Well, I, I have a gimmick we could do here. Um, I'll tell you my number one is Patrick Mahomes. So, if you would like, I will allow you to make the case against Patrick Mahomes being number one, unless you have him ranked at number one also. Uh, yeah, so I went back and forth, obviously, on one and two. Um, head and heart, 
how do I play this? And then I was like, you know what? I got the gimmick on here um, of being a big time homer. So, you know what? I'm just going to keep living the gimmick. I went Patrick Mahomes number two, Josh Allen one. All right, Mike, uh, you want to make the case against Mahomes as one here? Uh, yeah, he what, doesn't play. What in- the difference between the two is? He doesn't play in Buffalo. And also, uh, Josh Allen is the Giannis of the NFL. He came in just very raw. Um, I think more people saw what Giannis could be than Josh Allen. There was more doubt against Josh Allen. But took his raw talent um, and his work ethic and just became a freaking unicorn in what he does. Human highlight reel. Strongest arm in the league. I'm putting that down. Have him and Mahomes have a contest. Allen's going to come up farther. Um, amazing on the ground, uh, you know, with his legs. And he can spread the ball around. His completion percentage has just continued to rise. You know, we saw him develop over this first two seasons to turn into what he turned into. Um, he's gorgeous. And, you know, I, I love the man. I love the man. I was ride or die with him going into the draft. And I will stay by him always. Um, Patrick Mahomes, you know, obviously he's got the Super Bowls. He's got the uh, Super Bowl MVPs. He's got the league MVPs, um, you know, but he also has a voice that sounds like Kermit the Frog has laryngitis. And uh, I think, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and throw out the hot take. I mean, what's uh, what's Patrick Mahomes without Andy Reid? Can we start asking that? You know, there's a lot of questions. Brady is Brady Brady without Belichick and company. And, uh, you know, who was more responsible for the success than Brady just went to Tampa and won a ring in his first season and was like, yeah, fuck all the haters. Um, but who knows? We haven't seen Patrick Mahomes out of Kansas City. I don't know. Is is he Patrick Mahomes? You know, and that's, that's a question. All right. Well, I will uh, make the case against Josh Allen now since I have Josh Allen ranked two and Patrick Mahomes ranked one. Mm. Uh, the simple case against Josh Allen is that, Mike, are you familiar with leopards, the wildcat animal? Yes, very fast. Can they change their spots? They can now, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Josh Allen, similar to a leopard, cannot change his spots. The man has done everything he can to improve himself as a quarterback and has come such a long way. But you know what still happens to him sometimes on third and 11? What? He sometimes still tries to huck the ball 45 yards downfield instead of 12. You know what sometimes happens to him on first and 10? What? He's, he sometimes tries to huck the ball 40 yards downfield instead of 10. He can overthrow screen passes. He can get ahead of his reads. He can scramble out too early. He just is not the competent procedural quarterback that we try to make him out to be sometimes. Because in his worst moments, under pressure, he is still Josh Allen because a leopard cannot change their spots. He's still the guy that dropped to eighth in the draft when Baker Mayfield went one overall. So I will say, especially if you look at last season, um, there was a feeling of Allen was trying to just force things and play hero ball. Cause like I said, that offense was stagnating at times. So I will definitely uh, give you, you know, give you credit on, on that point. Um, he did it a lot more last season, I think, than he did in the previous two. So that's fair. You know, I, I totally understand. Like I said, this is one and two, and the the biggest sway was just my love for Josh Allen and, you know, the Buffalo Bills. 
and just to quickly here uh, make the argument for Patrick Mahomes, uh, he's the best quarterback in the league. I mean, there's no there's no two ways about it. The guy opens every season as the MVP favorite, and as long as he is still breathing and standing in Kansas City, that team will be the favorite to win the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter who you put at wide receiver for him. They lost Tyreek Hill and won the Super Bowl that year. The best pass catcher on that team is Travis Kelsey, who's 34 years old and a tight end. Kadarius Toney was going to be their best receiver going into the season until he injured himself catching punts before practice. Their second best receiver is Sky Moore, who ran the wrong route in the Super Bowl and scored a touchdown. He is... Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers mushed into one person, and he might end up by the end of his career being the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. So can I just ask for one thing with the Aaron Rod- or the Patrick Mahomes, you know, people who call his games going forward? Stop acting, you know, it's year whatever of him. You know, it was cute in his first couple seasons. Stop acting like he does things that no other quarterbacks do. The league caught up to him. Every time he throws a little underhand pass to someone, stuff, you're like, oh, Patrick Mahomes just does things crazy. He's wild. He does things no one else does. It's not true. People do the things Patrick Mahomes does. All right. Move on. Get over it. And also. Who, who else is throwing passes from the air like him? Don't you remember the pass that he threw in the Super Bowl where he's getting tackled? Not in the Tampa Bay Super Bowl. Where he's getting tackled. He's like parallel to the ground and threw a pass 10 yards upfield. Who's doing that? I mean, he, he threw a pass under pressure. While getting tackled. I've seen people do that all the time. Parallel to the ground? Yeah. A completion? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, and the one more point I wanted to make is, I looked it up. Trevor Lawrence got the fourth highest draft grade, grade by Mel Kuyper behind Elway Manning and Andrew Luck. So he's the worst of the draft draft prospects that were lauded as the future of the league. Andrew Luck was such a predecessor to what has come to dominate the top tier of quarterbacks. Just with like the size, Bad facial hair, yeah, with the the size and the athleticism that can dominate. Hey, while you have Mel Kiper's grades up, can you see what he gave the Mahomes pick? The pick itself earned a C plus from Mel Kiper, and that is why draft coverage is fucking stupid. Yeah, Mike, I got one more closing thought for you here that I wanted to uh, go through. Before we get out of here, because we're already 15 minutes over. Uh, In the same draft that the uh, Bills got Josh Allen at 7, they drafted Tremaine Evans at 16. I'm sure you were aware of this. Tremaine Edmonds? Yeah. Yeah. Mike, can I name the three players that went right after Tremaine Edmonds, and you tell me if you would want any of them more? Yeah. At number 17, the Los Angeles Chargers took Derwin James. Would you want him more or less than Tremaine Edmonds? Oh, right now with the questions in our secondary, absolutely. Uh, To continue that on, at number 18, the Green Bay Packers took Jair Alexander. Yeah, I mean, same situation. I'd like to have a Jair Alexander on the team today. And at 19... The Cowboys took Leighton Vander Esch. Yeah, I'd rather have Edmonds in that one. All right. Well, the Bills traded up to 16 and took a player that the next two players you'd rather have. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Bean, as great as he's been as a GM, 
um, his draft success, especially on the defensive side of the ball, the way he keeps searching for pass rushers, um, has definitely been a mixed bag. I also want to point out that Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, and that's it. Uh, <laughs> went went in the first round of that draft too. Yeah, you don't have to tell me that because coming out of it, everybody had Allen like fourth in that list. He was going to be the worst Josh of the bunch. How'd that fucking work out, people? <laughs> yeah, uh, I was uh, a big Rosen believer for some reason. Had the man had a hot tub in his dorm. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Josh Rosen Twitter profile? It's very funny. He is, his picture on his profile is him in a Miami uniform, and then his header is him in a uh, Arizona uniform. That's funny. Hey, before we get out of here, can I make a request to put you on the spot? Uh, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I really enjoyed the top 10 rankings of quarterbacks as we continue to ramp up to the NFL season. Next week, can we do another position? Yeah. Um, kick returners? Uh, no, I was thinking tight end, running back, wide receiver, pass rusher. It's a, a lot. I don't know. Which one do you want to do? Right guards? Guess you'll have to tune and find out next week what the position is. Wait, wait. Four, three nose tackles. Punters. Wow. Come on. That would just be fun. That would. Or kickers. All right, Mike. You want to plug some shit? We'll get the fuck out of here. Yeah, uh, first off, the social media plugs. Follow me at Town Alone Mike on Twitter. And I now have a Threads account. So follow me. Uh, I finally made an Instagram that is completely blank just to get a Threads account. So follow me at Town Alone Mike also on Threads. And follow. Um, just follow. Follow me. <laughs> and fun article I wrapped up that's going to be coming up this week is a. I got some scoop scoops from my outside sources and uh, for hockey fans. Uh, I got an Outsider Scoops article coming up where we look at the, uh, you know, heavily rumored hockey players on the NHL trade block. You know, Mr. Irrelevant in that draft was Trey Quinn. Did he turn out to do okay? Eh, not really. Not really. He, oh, uh, uh, he fielded some kicks for a while for Washington, and I don't think he's in the league anymore. Also, for our uh, pro wrestling fans... And I'll, I'll mention this on the upcoming podcast. We're switching to a bi-weekly schedule, um, which means this week we will have a brand new TAPWP coming out. And you can follow me at Town Alone Adam. Uh, be sure you visit the website. We are working to get the mobile thing figured out, but I don't know how to code, so that's taken a while. If you liked our football content today, we are going to start our MVP power rankings for the preseason uh, tune in. It's not what you would expect. And with that, I'm going to go eat some pasta. <laughs>